Hallelujah. This morning to continue with our studies on spiritual warfare. Praise God. Spiritual warfare, this will be the part three of our studies on the topic. And um, last week, we said that the origin of the spiritual warfare that human beings are involved in the world came as a result of Satan or Lucifer who wanted to go up to heaven and take a position there and become like God. But he failed and as a result of that he was thrown down the earth. So since he could not hit back at God or the angels in heaven, then man became the easiest target to revenge. And because man was created in the image of God. And also man was created as a spirit and flesh. So man lives in the world in a physical life that uh, the enemy is different to. Okay? And so that is what we said last week. And we are continuing from there. But let's go back to our main verse or our main passage of the spiritual warfare. In Ephesians chapter 6 the verses 10 to 12. Ephesians chapter 6 from the verses 10 to 12. And it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Amen. So these are the forces that we are fighting with in our human lives. And uh, original rebellion that is the rebellion of Satan, rebelling against God we believe that happened before man was created by the time man was created in the garden of Eden Satan had already rebelled against God and so he had also declared war against man when man was created. So the anger was there. The bitterness was there. And his plan to attack man was there. And so today we are looking at the first spiritual warfare against humanity. Praise God. So if you would turn your Bibles with me to 
the book of Genesis chapter 3. Let us look at the beginning of the warfare between man and Satan. Genesis chapter 3 from verses 1 to 5. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, As God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of this garden. Verse 2. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the middle or the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Verse 4. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. This was the beginning of a serious spiritual warfare, a serious battle that could end in death or life. It took place like an ordinary conversation with innocent questions. The first one says, that is the enemy. As God indeed said, you shall not eat every tree of the garden. That is the enemy twisting the question or the statement to Adam and Eve. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? It was a tricky question to start a conversation with. He twisted the original statement that God made in Genesis chapter 2. The verse 16 17. And it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. That was the original statement. When the woman corrected Satan's twisted question and told him that if they eat from the particular tree, they will die. God did not say we shouldn't eat any of this food. But what he said was that we should not eat from any particular food that was in the garden. From the day we eat of that, we will die. That is something that we shouldn't eat. But the rest of the fruit, we will eat them. And we will survive. But if we eat the one in the middle, we will die. Then in verse 4, Satan said, You will not certainly die. You won't die. 
you will surely not die. How are you going to die? No, you will not die. That's fine. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God. You will know both good and evil. God said that because he knows that when you eat of it, you will be like God. And you know what is good and what is evil. So you are not going to die. You will not die. What happened in the Garden of Eden was a serious spiritual warfare that was meant to wipe out from the surface of the earth. It was meant to wipe out man from the surface of the earth. In today's terms, it was like using a sophisticated weapon that is capable of wiping out your enemy, your opponent. You drop a bomb that will blast and no living thing will survive because they have the power to turn the earth upside down and bury everything. It was a serious spiritual battle that was going on. But it happened in the form of an innocent conversation because it was spiritual. It wasn't physical. That's why it's called spiritual warfare. And so the enemy was fully armed and facing his opponent completely exposed and innocent, ignorant, unaware. Then he attacked her with the most deadly weapon that was able to annihilate, to wipe them out. This was the first spiritual warfare against humanity. The enemy shot two deadly weapons that killed the human race. It was a serious spiritual warfare, but the opponent didn't know that. And so the enemy shot two deadly weapons and he succeeded to wipe out humanity from the surface of the earth. In our physical world, bullets and bombs will kill a man. When a bullet is shot or a bomb is dropped, it kills life and destroys life. But in the spiritual realm, deception and disobedience kill the soul. And these were the two deadly weapons that the enemy used against his opponents. The two deadly weapons that the enemy used were deception and disobedience. And so he managed to, he deceived them to 
disobey. And when he deceived them to disobey, he killed them. He shot them. Because in Romans chapter 3 verse 23, he says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus when the enemy shot the arrows and the weapons of deception and disobedience he succeeded in the sense that the first couple were deceived by the twisted statement that the enemy made. And when they were deceived, they then disobeyed God by simply refusing to obey God in acting on what God had already told them not to do. And so as they did that, they died. The first human race died. And so for all have sinned with the first shot of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The glory of God is the life of God. Is the fellowship of God. Is the relationship of God. Is the interest and the love and everything that relates to God. Man first shot of those things. And so there was a barrier between them. That means the entire human race fell into sin and died. Because the Romans 6 says, for the wages of sin is death. So the entire human race fell into sin and died. But then God gave a gift of eternal life. Something which should have become man's portion by birth, by creation. The Father God created it for that. Because the enemy fought against man from the beginning and succeeded into defeating man. Man died from the beginning. For the spirit of sin shall die. That is the law of the universe. Anything that falls out of God's stream dies. But anything that remains attached to God lives. Because in him is life. The life is the light of man. Jesus put it in a different way. You are, he said, I am the tree and you are the branches. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit on itself, so you cannot bear fruit without me. And so when they chose to disobey God by allowing themselves to be shot with the deadly weapons of deception and disobedience, they sin against God. 
and straight away they fell from the stream of God. And man died. The spiritual warfare met man and death became part and parcel of the creation that God had made. Something which was a potential. Death was a potential. Death was something that could have happened. It wasn't in existence. It was there. It was possibility. But man brought it into existence and it became reality. The possibility now became reality. When there is electric wire on the wall, it can shock. But it won't shock until we touch it. If we don't go and touch a live wire, we can live there for eternity and we will stay apart. But the moment we find the trouble to touch it, it shocks because there is life. The warrior is life and it contains death. And that is what happened as a result of listening to the enemy. And when that happened, the battle was already on. From the day that the enemy was, I mean, from the day that man was created, the enemy was there to fight against humanity. So now the question is, what is the intention of the enemy? Why does he want to fight mankind? What does he want to gain from doing so? What is he trying to achieve? Jesus tells us in John chapter 10 verse 10. This is the entire motive behind the acts of the enemy. John 10, 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So the whole intention of the enemy of humanity is to kill, to steal, and to, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I think Jesus was right. He knew exactly what he was talking about. So he put it in order. To steal. The enemy comes to steal our humanity. He came to steal what belongs to us. He came to steal what God has given to us. And when he still, he gets the chance, he will kill. And when he kills the physical body, then he puts the soul in hell to destroy man in hell. So he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The earth belongs to us. God gave it to man and blessed it for man. You remember the first, second series, or part one, part two, we mentioned, we looked at how Lucifer was created and put in Eden, the garden of God. And every precious stone was his covering. It means he had all the natural resources, all the riches that he could think of. 
diamond and gold and bauxite and emerald and topaz and everything was there. And he said, and his workmanship was prepared for him from the day that he was created. That means he was made rich, supernatural rich. And so his workmanship means that when someone does something and you pay them for their wages. So his workmanship means that he was created as a rich person. God blessed him with a workmanship from the day he was created. So he was rich. But in spite of that, he was not happy. And so he comes down to kill, to steal. And the original plan, you know, the intention, the question we ask now, what is intention? And the intention means he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy humanity. And that was not his original plan. This happened to be the plan B for Satan. So what was the plan A? The plan A, let's go back to Isaiah chapter 14. From the verses 13 and 14. Isaiah 14. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation, on the further side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high God. This was the plan A for Satan, Lucifer, then. He wanted to overtake heaven. He wanted to possess the dwelling place of God. He wanted to take charge of the angelic host beings that were there. He wanted to be like God himself, taking worship and praises and glory to himself. Because he thought he had been made equal to God. And so he deserved more than the riches of the precious minerals and stones he was given in Eden, the garden. So he wanted to go and take over and share equal glory with God. As you may remember from our previous series, God would say, no, no, no. It is not going to happen here. Then fight broke out and he was defeated and thrown down. And like I said, this is called a rebellion. So this rebellion and the fight couldn't have happened while we were still alive or while humanity or human beings were still alive. It might have happened who knows how many years. We find out all the history when we go to heaven. The stories in the library in heaven. Those of you that are interested, you will read the exact story of what happens and where it happens and everything before everything that man was created. And so that was the original plan A of Satan to overthrow God in heaven, to set up his throne in heaven and to be like God. And when that one failed, and he lost the battle against the 
angels, angelicals in heaven. Then he had no choice but to come down to earth because he was drawn from heaven down to earth. And Jesus would say, I saw Satan drawn like a light from heaven to earth. And so now that the plan A to set up the throne in heaven did not work, then he had to take plan B. And you know, one thing, I don't know, but I am assuming that uh, as God does, he gives us prophecies that will happen in thousands of years ahead of us. So we are here today and the Bible gives us prophecies ahead. So who knows, maybe there was this message in heaven that one day God will create a man in his own image and that he will come and be blah 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 A B C D. Maybe the angels had this and were expecting it to happen. Because it is in the Bible, the book of Job, that the angels of God, the sons of God, clap and shout for Job when man was created. They were looking forward to it. And the day that man was created, they clapped and shouted for joy. So angels were there when man was created. And so when the plan A to set up the throne in heaven failed, he had no choice but to come down to heaven and find for I mean and look for a place to set up his throne. So where on earth did Satan set up his throne after that? Where did he set up his throne? Let's go to Revelation chapter two and see what we see. Revelation chapter two, the verse twelve. Verses 12 and 13. And it says, Revelation chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos, write, This thing says, He who has the sharp two edged sword, I know, verse 13, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast. To my name and did not deny my faith even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr who was killed among you where Satan dwells. And so when the plan A did not work for Satan to set up his throne in the north furthest part of heaven above the clouds when he was thrown down the earth, he set up his throne at Pergamos. Okay? Now, Pergamos is the modern day city in western Turkey. It was the capital of the Roman Empire, the province of Asia Minor. And it was the capital for over 250 years. It was a rich and a powerful ancient Greek city. And it was an important religious city for many idols, including the worship of Caesar. So it was a massive city in those days in the ancient civilization. And they had different massive um, idol temples that people would travel from different parts of the world. It is in Turkey today, another name, I think. A place, a 
called Bagamo. Okay, instead of the um, instead of the Pagamos, it is called Bagamo. Sorry, right. And so that is where Satan set up his throne. And so the revelation here is saying, I know where you are. I know your works. I know where you dwell. Where Satan's throne is. And the verse that he said, where Satan dwells. So as the plan A did not work, he had to follow the plan B and look for somewhere on the planet Earth and set up his throne. And it happens to be in Pergamos, where he set up his throne there. And so from there, he will now be ruling, taking over, charge of the rest of the earth. And so in John chapter 12, the verse 13, we read and it says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world has been cast out. And John chapter 16 verse 11 says, Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. And so Satan set up his throne. He set up his throne in a particular place. Remember that Satan is not only present. It means that he is not everywhere at the same time as Jesus Christ can be. He has to be in one place at a time. And so he depends on his fallen angels to feed him with information and messages as he will require. And so he set up his kingdom in one place and rule over you remember in the book of Job when he appeared before the presence of the father and he asked him where have you been he said I am walking going to and flow the earth the Bible said it's silver because your enemy rolling like a lion seeking who he may devour and so the warfare is on. And the warfare that is on did not start today. It started when man was created. And the idea has been there. The plan has been the plan has been there already. And so since his first plan to overthrow or to take over heaven did not work. The second plan was to come and dominate. If he could not sit in heaven to rule angels, he could sit on earth to rule humanity. And that is what happened. And that is what he has done and continues to do that. And so he is now the present ruler of the world that we are part of. But even though he is the ruler of this world, God is the controller 
the overall controller of our world. And so we are as human beings we are fighting genuine battle. We are fighting genuine battle. And the battle that we are fighting is not with physical beings that we can see. But we are fighting with unseen personalities who are real just like you and I are real. Praise God. And so the first battle took place in the garden of Eden. And the enemy used spiritual sophisticated weapons that was able to succeed in defeating the first couple. And as a result, the subsequent or the following generations until the end of humanity. But glory be to God as we saw in Revelation, I mean Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So we will look into a bit more details in that. We come back again to the weapons and the strategies. Then we will look at us Christians, our defenses, what the Lord has already done. And what we need to do. And I keep on saying this that the spiritual, the teachings of spiritual warfare, or even the talk about it, is not to make anyone afraid. If at any time you're hearing this and you feel that fear is around you, just repeat it and say,